I'm Cousin Condry, and you're listening to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. I'm Dean Hill. See you at ringside. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome one more time to the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling podcast. This is Jimmy Street, your host, with my co-host, my brother from the very same mother, the plastic sheet, Jared. What's up, brother? How you doing? I'm good, brother. How are you doing tonight? Man, I'm hanging in there. We had a long day today. I've kind of tried to accomplish a few things here, trying to help somebody get set up with some advertising for the podcasts and trying to, you know, do some other fun stuff like that. So kind of, you know, busy day. I know you worked all day too. So, you know, no sympathy for me, right? <laughs> no sympathy. Yeah, that's right. Like, uh, like, uh, the, Joker came out to an AEW, no sympathy for the devil, or that's yeah. actually sympathy for the devil, though. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll do the opposite of that then. So, you know, it's you and I here. We've got an interview coming up with a buddy of mine, Cousin Condry. I actually managed this kid when he was 14 years old. Can you believe anybody? That, that's crazy that somebody could be in the business, you know, potentially if he, if he has a very long career, maybe he could be in the business for. 40 plus years easily with yeah. some in, in ring stuff. So that's, that's awesome. I'm excited to hear your interview with cousin Condry. It's a, uh, Hey, I can't be a part of it, but it's, is what it is. The timing wasn't right. And, you know, we got to take advantage of interviews and when we can get them done, whether, uh, yeah. whether we could both be here or not. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to hear what cousin Condry has got to say and what's up coming for him. And, uh, you know, when it, we want to keep our eye out for him. We never know where we might see him. Yeah, absolutely. Big things are happening for Trenton soon. He's a second generation wrestler. His dad, the outlaw Lee Condry, I did some work with him out in Nashville. I don't know if anybody remembers from the third episode, Jeremiah Plunkett, he and I were talking about how we co-booked a show for a little bit. Well, Lee was on that show and Lee kind of helped me before Plunky did. And anyway, long story short, we go way back. I don't even think I knew that he was 14 when I managed him. He, I mean, he was a big bigger kid, you know, so it wasn't like, you know, you could, it, I probably did, but my first encounter with him was a 10 year old when he had a baseball bat in his hand and he walked out with his dad, little mean ass <laughs> kid looking like he's going to kneecap me. But anyway, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Trent's a cool kid. Cousin Condry, he's got this crazy character and it's kind of like a blend of mankind abyss and like a slasher horror movie, you know, like Jason or Michael. Oh, Myers that's cool. Yeah. And, that's and he's cool. actually, he's got a mask. It's a burlap mask. It kind of looks like Scarecrow from the Batman franchise, but he's actually working to make that a permanent mask rather than taking it off. And he actually is working at the school of Morton as we speak in a beautiful uh, downtown downtown Chucky, Tennessee down. I got that school in Chucky, Tennessee school of Morton. Anyway, we, and we love Ricky Morton. So we can say it like that. 
Yes, yes, we do love Ricky Morton. We are a Ricky Morton pro family, so for sure. But yeah, speaking of, you know, punky, we're talking about punky. Oh, yeah. Speaking of punk, (laughs) you know, man, this stuff was CM Punk. So to give a timeline, as if everybody hasn't heard it on other podcasts, but basically CM Punk had a falling out with his longtime friend, because they did a podcast together that they got in trouble and sued by the WWE for laying blame to some of Punk's injuries. What year was this? What year was that podcast? Man, I want to say 2013 or 14 or so. Oh, wow. Something like so, that. I mean, coming up on 10 years, I mean, it's... Yeah. And so he and Punk get in trouble with WWE. I assume, you know, they're both getting sued, and I assume Punk probably takes on that debt. That is part of probably what led to this falling out. And essentially, they've just kind of fallen out from there. And then now, and I know you kind of have a different mindset on this, but now they are falling out completely that they're using it as a storyline to where essentially at AEW, Punk had had a hurt foot. And then, you know, he had wrestled Hangman Page for the title won the title. Hangman said something in a promo that was taken. Uh, I guess it was a shoot by Hangman, but I, I'm still. It was. It was. It, it was kind of pro, pro Colt Cabana. You know, a lot of people like Colt Cabana, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the only podcasts in wrestling that I truly listen to all the time. You know, I've listened to his podcast from the time that I heard about it back when I was listening to the original Cheap Heat TV podcast. Shout out to Gene and the team there, but. That's how long Gene's had a podcast too, which is kind of cool. So that's awesome, man. Yeah. So I was listening to punk a lot and I really enjoyed punk. I didn't really know him. I'm not like a ring of honor guy. I'm not really like a guy that goes out and you know, there he's kind of like the godfather of that scene. He punk Chris hero, you know, those guys are like the, the godfathers of that scene and, or that time frame. And so what ends up happening is punk wins the match And in the media scrum, he literally goes off on anybody breathing. And, you know, he'll say something about Scott Colton, which is Colt Cabana. Then he says the EVPs are morons. Hangman's a moron. I mean, he said a lot worse than that. Empty, empty headed bleep is what he called. Yeah. But you know what? Hangman page. I think I've figured out a new phrase here, Judd. So, you know how I said it was like an ASMR muckbang kind of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I mean, he's like hammering down on some food and whatever. It's like licking his finger. So it's a punk bang. How's that? Yeah. Think? There you go. A CM Punk bang. So yeah, that's copywritten already. So don't even try it. But anyway, yeah. he runs his mouth at the scrum, whether you like him or not, no disrespect. And then in the back, they supposedly get into a huge fight. And I guess it's him and Ace Steel against five people. Is that how it sounded to you? Plus maybe his dog. <laughs> was him Ace Steel and was it who, whose wife was there? Somebody's wife was there. But they, they weren't involved in the fight, obviously. But then I, I think it was just the Young Bucks and, and Kenny you know, and what's funny, man, is Jericho's been in a ton of melees, and I think I think what happened is like supposedly is that Matt Jackson got punched by Punk first, is what I'm hearing. Okay. Then Nick Jackson and A Steel were like in a fight. Supposedly Omega tried to break up A Steel and Nick Jackson and got bit, and his hair pulled. Uh, I guess a hair pull reminiscent of uh, 
HBK getting his hair pulled by, was it Bret Hart that time or something? Right. And losing a bunch of hair. <laughs> you can still also, see. We're also not positive that that's not a Steel's kink, right? So. Um, <laughs> it very well could be. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so it's three on two or the dog or whoever. And yeah, so it all goes down. Punk essentially either hurt his tri. What did he hurt? Like something was during his, the match or during the fight was aggravated. Whatever. Was it his chest or was it his bicep? I can't remember. Heck or tricep or something. I don't know. I'm confusing. I'm confusing Punk's injury with uh, TJ Watt from the Steelers injury that um, <laughs> yeah that he had. He like did something with his pec. So I don't know if it's like they both have a pec injury or. Maybe, uh, maybe that's what yeah. it is, but apparently he's hurt. So, you know, then everybody loses their shit essentially. Then yeah. basically Wednesday night, Tony Khan comes on and did I skip anything during that last part? Uh, I mean, Jericho kind of, there's a part where Jericho kind of tells Tony Khan in the scrum, he's like, Hey, something went on. And, yeah. and yeah. here's where, here's where it gets kind of funky, whether it's a work or a shoot or a work shoot. Um, Jericho kind of says it. He says it kind of quietly, but you right. wonder if he said it just loud enough for the microphones to pick it up. So oh, I think so. In you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, say yeah. maybe he said it just enough for the the uh, yeah microphones to pick it up. So yeah, exactly. So he kind of tips it off a little bit. If it's a mm -hmm. if it's a storyline deal, he's tipped it off. He's kind of put it out there as as it's something more. Jericho Taker did it. Yeah, Jericho Taker. He he does think he's the Undertaker of the and I mean he may be, but I mean he's probably the most he probably should be the most respected in that locker room. Whether he's Taker respected or not, that's it's a different story. That's a different story. We won't argue that one today, but maybe in the future on a what? But we would love to have the Undertaker and Chris Jericho on this podcast together to discuss that matter. I mean, yeah, anytime they want to come on, we will. Anytime, I mean, if they want to come on in the middle of the night, we'll do it. Thirty minutes from now, if you want, we'll wrap yeah. up. But here's yeah. the thing: so okay, so Jericho does that, then everybody loses their shit for three days, basically Monday, Tuesday, then Wednesday, then Wednesday night on dynamite. And they both won championships at the, at the thing that the bucks and Omega had the trios CM punk won the title. Right. So they all won their title. So obviously then it comes to Wednesday night, Tony Khan first thing says there's going to be a tournament for the trios title tonight. <laughs> Or, or just a match for the trio. Or just yeah. a match, sure, yeah. And then there's going to be a tournament for the heavyweight title, and that's coming up and going to conclude or whatever. But he stripped them all of the titles. Now, you know, people are like, okay, he suspended them. You know, yeah. he stripped them of their titles. That means it's got to be a shoot, you know. But here's why I don't think it was a shoot. And I'm going to tell you, and I've really, really thought about this, okay? So okay. you take. What's Tony Khan's dad? What's he own? Tony uh, NFL team, uh, soccer team. But, I mean, they, but in America, a football team, the Jaguars, right? Jackson right, Jaguars. yeah. Okay. The Jaguars, yeah. So he owns an NFL franchise. Okay. His son, doesn't Tony have some sort of job with the Jags? I'm not sure if he still does technically or, 
or he he has had in the past. Sure, but but it's in the Khan family of Khan, uh, and and I and I could see him still having something to do with it. Okay. I I just don't know that for sure. Sure. Okay. So the the son of the owners of of the Jaguars, his son owns a company where their executive vice presidents got into a fight with employees and none of the major media said a thing about that. No <clears throat> local media said anything about that. And just think, and I mean, maybe, maybe not, maybe, maybe not that if you took the owner of the giants or the cowboy of Jerry Jones son, Got into a fight with. I mean, I just feel. Like yeah, yeah, you're right. I just feel I see like what you're saying. A, there's a lot there that would have come out in the media. Other than that, all we've heard about it through the dirt sheets. And honestly, they kind of didn't give them info about the MJF deal through the dirt sheets. So the dirt sheets were like, oh, we don't know anything about this. MJF quit. Oh my gosh. But in this case, you know, Jericho, when he comes out to the scrum, he's like, Hey Dave, how's the kids? You know, Hey, all these other guys, how's y'all's kids? How's y'all's fan? He's literally knows these people because Jericho is a well-known dirt sheet stooge. He has been for years. It's not a problem. It's just a deal. Macho man was a dirt sheet stooge. That's no big deal in doing that. Right. But the Bucks, they love Meltzer. I mean, loves the they have the Meltzer driver. I mean, Meltzer like, driver, exactly. Omega is five star for infinity, seven star. Yeah, Get it right. Yeah, seven star, whatever. Punk's always been a popular one with those. You know, they could have just included the dirt sheet writers in this one to help further the storyline. And then to further it even more in the recent days, I've been reading on Twitter and Instagram and all that the bucks and Omega have recently put out feelers to the WWE. So I didn't hear about this before the fight. I've only heard about this after the fight. So even though Omega was supposedly have supposed to have done that, during his injury. So again, I don't know, dude, I'm calling work on it, but we'll, you know, I want to hear what you think. Okay. So my opinion has evolved a little bit over the past like week or so. At first I kind of thought with everything I'm reading, they're mentioning, nobody's mentioned anything about a shoot. Everybody's saying, I mean, nobody's even mentioned anything about a work. Everything's a shoot. It's yeah. shoot. Law enforcement could get involved if they wanted to, uh, da, 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 da. But it seems like my my opinion's evolving. Okay, I, I had this pointed out to me by somebody um, once upon a time that you know you got to watch what everybody's doing when you hear a story like this. Well, obviously you mentioned before Punk was hurt, so he was going to lose the title anyway, right? He was going to have an interim title placed out there or something anyway. The Bucks have young kids. Maybe their kids are big into sports and they're wanting some time off to go watch their kids play sports. I'm not sure. Omega is in Japan yeah. right now. So I would say Omega is going to work some matches in Japan right now. Yeah. So you look at those and you're like, man, that's really seeming like it's probably a work now. Okay. While I say that, at first I definitely thought it was a shoot, mainly because Punk is a prickly guy. Oh, yeah, completely. I've mentioned it before, and maybe on the podcast, maybe not, but I know I've mentioned it to you before. Those straight-edge people yeah. can be 
holier than thou, very, very judgy, very opinionated that, that it's like Twitter, only their opinion matters, you know, not, not Twitter, the company, but the people on Twitter, right. people only think their opinion is the only one that matters and that right. nobody else can have an opinion that could possibly be justifiable or right. Right. Exactly. Hard so, people to know and hard people to get along with. I've known several in my life. I've been friends with some, but at the same time, I've never been that close of friends with them because they're really hard to be. I mean, you eat a hamburger in front of them and they get pissed off, you know? Yeah. They're like, they're like, is that grass fed beef? <laughs> it's it's beef fed grass. How about yeah. that? <laughs> no, but, but so he's a prickly guy. Right. There obviously is some bad blood between uh, him and Colt Cabana. Tony Khan <laughs> looked like a little lost pup in that scrum. I mean, like, did you see his face? It looks like he's just like completely lost. Like Vince McMahon would never have sat there and had that happen. Now, whether that's a plus for Khan and a negative for Vince, whatever. I mean, we all know Vince. Vince uh, wasn't hitting the best gold here of late. So, uh, you know, it's good to see Triple H in that. But there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff that had me convinced, okay, this is this is a total shoot. But then I go back to what I've heard uh, Jim Cornette say several times. Maybe it's a worked shoot. You know, maybe there's some truth behind it and maybe there's some true things coming out of their mouth. So maybe there are throwing a few punches just to get some steam off, but probably, right. um, probably it's a, it's a work, but it could be a work to shoot thing. Um, yeah. I mean, but that's the beauty of, of all the great work. I have a little bit of reality in them. You know what I mean? And I heard these two cool guys on a podcast live in a color with Wolfie D. Have you heard that podcast? I have never heard anything about that. <laughs> well, the, the, the host, Jimmy street, and Wolfie D, of course, they were talking and they said, you know, this is what you have to do to get people to believe and get people to buy in. Now, you have to take it and get the Internet believing and you have to get the dirt sheets believing or make it seem like the dirt sheets are believing to have it uh, to have it seem real to everybody. And we'll see my only problem with it. And again, I mentioned this before. My only problem with it is if they just got done doing this with the MJF. Yeah. Yeah. The blur of the lines thing. Right. Like maybe they had to speed it up with Punk's injury, right. but I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of like going to the same well over and over again. So, well, yeah, uh, it starts to be like the cry wolf theory, right? Exactly. But I mean, I, I'm excited to see where it goes. Hopefully they have some kind of good story come out of it. If yeah. it is, um, if not, <laughs> get back. And one thing you mentioned, you mentioned that they put out some feelers at WWE Kind of what I heard implied was that maybe they had talked to Kevin Owens, um, Kevin sure. Steen, sure. and and had had him kind of put out some feelers for him or something like that. Who knows if that's true? I mean, and I mean, what's feelers? It's like, hey, y'all got any room for us over there? Yeah, hey, yeah, hey, somebody, you know, hey, hey, what, what would y'all be interested when their contract comes up? I think in 2024, you know. <laughs> hey, and by the way, the show you were talking about, is that with Jimmy across the street? Yeah, Jimmy across the street. Yes. I know exactly that show, man. It, you know that I, show. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Great yeah. show. Five star. You should rate it five star on every. I mean, I mean, like the, you, you, know. you could even go the Meltzer rating seven star. 
Seven star. I love it. I think we are a seven star podcast. I mean, they are. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So anyway, you know, who knows the whole deal? CM Punk, is it real? Is it not? I think you're right. I think it's probably a little bit of both. But at the same time, I just feel like nowadays this is going to be the new normal thing for the way they do things. And maybe WWE will follow suit or maybe AEW just feels like, see, they've never really eclipsed WWE. They eclipsed NXT, but they've never really eclipsed WWE. Nobody takes them as serious. You know, Wolfie and we're talking about the Wolfie deal. Wolfie said, if you just take the average person and you say, hey, what do you know about pro wrestling to them? They're going to be like Hulk Hogan, Steve mm-hmm. Austin, maybe maybe Shawn Michaels, you know, Andre the Giant, that kind of thing. They're not going to know all these little detailed stories because it just doesn't mean that to the normal average person. So Right. In this regard, the WWE style, if they are catering to the normal average person, doesn't really have to go here. But in someone like an AEW's position, they kind of do because they've got not only the initial ground to make up, they've got the secondary ground to make up to eclipse WWE and be considered, you know, like WCW did. But it, then again, you know, I would still argue that WCW, even though they won the ratings for that long, they were still never considered the WWF, you know? So in the long run, I wish WCW would still around. I love WCW, but you know, in those last few years, it was pretty rough to watch. So, yeah, I mean, it was, I, I don't know. You could blame, uh, Blame Russo or something there. <laughs> it's yeah, WCW. Blame, yeah, blame who hired him. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, exactly. We'll see from here. I mean, I don't really, you know, I know every podcast that you listen to has already talked about this. So we certainly thank you for listening to our opinion of this. But right now, I think we're kind of both on the same side of things. But at the same time, we'll see. And that's the beauty of wrestling is we'll see. And yeah. we'll see. So in that case, my next little story I want to bring up is, is obviously most recently at the beginning of September, Wolfie and I were at the RobCon, which is, you know, the local convention in the Tri-Cities area. You know, this year it was held at the Virginia Highlands Higher Education Center. Right. And Jake the Snake Roberts was there. Amanda Bierce was there. And, you know, the Give Me Back My Podcast Network brought in all of its hosts that could make it and brought in the Wolfie D podcast, the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast with Wolfie D. So we got to come in and... We got to hang out, and I went up there on Saturday. I literally drove to our mom and dad's house in southwest Virginia, and (laughs) took three hours. I got there about 10 p.m. the night before. Then the next morning, I got up at 7.30, which, if you know me, that's not common. (laughs) We're not morning people like our father. No, no, no. Our dad, I don't know if dad actually sleeps. He might take a nap, but yeah. you know, he can, he goes fishing at 4:30 whenever he goes fishing. And you know, some people are finishing fishing at 4:30, you know. Yeah. But anyway, so Robcon it was this convention. Have you ever been to a Robcon before, Judd? I haven't, and it's a shame. I'm so close to him and I've never been to him. Um Yeah. 
this year I just had so much going on when it was going on. Uh, I really wanted to go and see Jake and Butterbean and yeah. um, some of the some of the comic artists and everything like that, but it just didn't happen. I had had to help a friend move, and he had just helped me move the year before, so I really couldn't. Same it's one of those things you can't say no to. Yeah, man, I hate moving. Jeez. Oh yeah, it's rough, but yeah, got to do what you got to do. <laughs> right, right. I just I've done it so much. I just hate it. But anyway, RobCon was a lot of fun, man. So you know, Wolfie and I we get to hang out. We hadn't hung out in like ten years because you know we hadn't seen each other. And when we started the podcast, we don't do the podcast in the same room like a lot of podcasts are done. Right same way we do this so we get there we hang out we're having fun seeing a lot of crazy cosplay saw our cousin clayton saw our cousin ben in his catch the fart costume I'm, what is <laughs> I that think called it was again? darth revan darth revan yeah it's a cool costume not to knock it it's it's just it's really seems really enclosed and hyped <laughs> But, you know, anyway, saw them and saw Charlie, our cousin Charlie, saw Tristan and Nate from the Give Me Back My Podcast Network. And so what was funny is there was a panel there and you're going to dig this. There is a point to this story. I promise there was a panel there and it was called Podcasting 101 or whatever. And it was basically telling people if they were interested in starting a podcast, what they needed to do. Well, initially Wolfie was set up to do it. <laughs> and he, when, they, when asked about it, he said, well, I would just ask Jimmy what to do. <laughs> Cause he just, he's like, uh, you get trained, you become a wrestler, you wrestle for 30 years <laughs> and then a guy will call you. And that's how you start a podcast No, But Anyway, it, it just made sense. He was still at his table selling stuff to people. So it just made sense that I go in the panel. And so Tristan from the Monster Movie Stomp Down went. Nate from Give Me Back My Horror Movies and Action Movies. And I, we all go in there and we're talking and people are asking us like what to do and how do you get a start. And first, you know, you think of an idea and all this stuff. And so we just kind of ask them, like there were people in there. They We asked them, we say, hey, well, do you, you have to have a, an idea. You want to have like a pretty singular idea to where you can be like okay i want to talk about wrestling or i want to talk about old school wrestling or i want to talk about whatever and he said well i have three things i, I really like celebrity graveyards or grave sites you know wow. <laughs> i think those are cool and i really like let's just say sci-fi i can't remember the other one he said and then i like action figures and i said okay cool and then another girl asked us the name of their podcast or our podcast. And Tristan said his, Nate said his, and I said, mine is live and in colors, Wolfie D and give me back my pro wrestling. And then the same guy that liked the grave sites and graveyards or whatever, he says, Oh man, I just listened to your episode with Steve Rosenthal. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I was like, yeah, man. Right. That was cool, dude. Cause you know, I know, a lot of our listeners either through social media or just being, you know, friends with them and stuff. But at the same time, our numbers are good enough that I know to myself that I don't know every one of you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So to know that I saw one of the people that's been a listener or listening to us and, I don't know if you'd listened to any of the other episodes, but you know, what brought him to the dance is exactly what 
I wanted with the Steve Rosenthal episode is that it would bring people that haven't heard us to hear it. And, you know, the cool thing was, is that, you know, Steve was so cool in that interview, man, you know? Oh, he was super cool and he was super, super giving. I mean, I think he kind of said 30 minutes and I think we went closer to an hour. I mean, yeah, um, I didn't. I didn't have to pare it down much at all. It was a pretty much our conversation as it was. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was so giving and, you know, he was so generous with uh, all the questions we asked. And Yeah, and, and by I, the way, that show is now, I think, our number three episode. I'm pretty sure I have to look at the – the, the it, it was – forever it it was the the body slam episode and then it went to now it's tracy greatest music mike jablonski body slam and then i think it's the factions episode and then i think it's now it's steve rosenthal well now i think steve rosenthal has eclipsed even body slam so is steve coming for that strap I I mean you know he should be or could be we'll, yeah. we'll have to we'll have to see if maybe that that strap's still around anymore or not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Tracy Tracy may kept that one in his back pocket. So you know, long story short, on the Steve episode, Steve gave us you know some great information and some great stories, but he also gave us some great opportunities that we're going to be taking advantage of very soon. And to be honest, the very next episode you'll hear. Hopefully, God willing, we'll we'll have Magnum TA as our guest on the show. So keeping my fingers crossed that everything goes uh yeah according to plan with that. That's a right. that's a that's big time, guys. I mean I know, I know. It's huge. You know, I'm yeah. used to getting that kind of thing with Wolfie D. Like, you know, I didn't get to say this, but Jake the Snake is now on this week's episode. So, you know, obviously listen to Cousin Condry, the conversation we have with him. Then after that, go listen to the Lavin and Color with Wolfie D. Jake episode because Jake is so cool, man. But Magnum TA, dude, I'm serious. You know, we've had some great guests, some some buddies of mine in the pro wrestling scene that that are great wrestlers. But man, we're talking Magnum TA here, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean Magnum TA. Um, just saying too, he could be the future conversation of a what if episode for us too. Oh, completely. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah. Wink, wink. Nudge, so, nudge. Yeah. yeah. So definitely be looking out for that episode with him and definitely be looking out for that. What if too, because those are all coming in the future very soon. So, you know, with that being said, I don't want to jinx too much about him, but do you, do you have anything else you'd like to say before we talk to cousin Condry? Uh, no, I mean, it's, I think we've covered a lot. I mean, it's a, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan though. It is, man. It is. And I'm I'm always like looking at it and thinking, man, is this going to peak soon? Is this going to, you know, is this going to pop soon? But it's really still, yeah. you know, it's really still, it hasn't popped yet. Let's just say that, you know, so, but I guess with that being said, why don't you go get a decent taco somewhere and I'm going to talk to cousin Condry. <laughs> I'm sure I can find one somewhere. All right, sounds good. We'll be right back with Cousin Condry, and the Sheik will be back in a little bit to talk action figures on Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. Hey, guys, this is Wolfie D from PG-13. Check out my podcast, Live and in Color with Wolfie D, every Monday at noon. We're talking Memphis. We're talking ECW, WCW, WWF, everywhere that I've been. We even have some great guests, some Hall of Famers on the show with us. Every Monday, Live and in Color with Wolfie D. If you're a pro wrestling fan, there's something for everyone at the Cheap Heat TV Podcast Network. 
from the Pro Wrestling Discussion Show, Cheap Heat TV Live, to the interview show, the Jackson Interaction Podcast with the king of all wrestling media, Gene Jackson, to the silliness of the Whitey Jenkins Show, and the brand new Zip, Xander's Irresistible Podcast with Charles Anders. You can check them all out and much more over at CheapHeatTVLive.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. And today I have with me one of, I think, the brightest up-and-coming stars in the Middle Tennessee area. Now, I've known this kid since he was 10 years old. If you hear me call him Trenton, that's because that's his name. But we know him as Cousin Condry. Cousin Condry, welcome to the show, brother. Oh, thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. It's It's been on my list to have you on from the start. Honestly, you know, you're a young, hardworking, very talented dude in the business, and I think you got a very bright future. I can't wait to see where it goes. To kind of start things off, I kind of like to talk about how I met you. So basically, Aaron Camaro, which a lot of people have heard about that guy on the podcast, Aaron Camaro kind of brought me into the local business in Nashville. And I mean I mean that by essentially he got me my first booking. So Aaron was trying to get the book at HWA, and that was out in Laverne, right? Uh, Laverne, and then I think uh, maybe Smyrna, then Laverne for, for a second. Okay, okay, gotcha. Well, this was like a red building out in the middle of, I, I want to say it was Laverne, but I could be wrong. But long story short, HWA had a had a reputation. It was kind of like the outlaw's outlaw. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it was... It was a rough. I mean, it, it was a mud show. That's, I mean, that's one way to put it. You know, it was good at first. Yeah. Then, uh, it tapered off real hard. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, okay, with HWA, Aaron was trying to get a job out there as as a booker, or uh, he wanted the book there. And I'm not sure, I can't remember who had the book. It was probably somebody that was deeply ingrained in the place and wasn't going to get, you know, moved out so easily. So Aaron came up with this idea that he was going to bring a TV executive with him and a camera crew to basically make himself look very important, Okay. And so he calls me up and he's like, hey, you know, I want you to play this character. His name's the boss. And that's all we're going to call you. And you are going to pretend like you are an exec for CW. So hopefully I can show HWA that I can bring syndication to their show. Yeah. So I go out there. I got my suit on. You'll see that suit much later when I'm playing Omar Alcazan and we go out there and literally we work the boys and I don't know if everybody was worked. I wasn't smart enough to know if everybody was worked, but I know a few guys that were 100% talking to me on the side. He's like, you know, I don't really work here. You know, I work here. So and I don't remember their names, but long story short, we go out for a match and I remember it was your dad and his tag team partner GQ. Is that correct? Yep. And we go out there and <laughs> with your dad, I think it was maybe your sister and you. Yeah. You, she really didn't walk out uh, with with him, but some she would every once in a while, maybe once in a okay. once a month or maybe six months. 
Well, no disrespect to your sister. I don't remember her, but you, my friend, left a lasting impression because here's this little badass kid walking around the ring with a full-on baseball bat, and I am waiting for this kid. And, I mean, he's, he just looks tough already, and I'm I'm at probably in late 20s, and this kid is looking at me like he's going to break my kneecaps. And, honestly, <laughs> I was like, okay, that's amazing. Well, so later on, I'm working an NWA main event as Omar Akazan. And your dad comes and works there. And you may have worked there first. It's a little fuzzy, but you may have shown up first or your dad did. But long story short, you show up and I'm taking you over as manager. And all I remember is this little kid was going to kneecap me. Now you were a young man. And you were killing it in the ring, bro. You were like a cannonball. You were like a – I don't know how to describe it, bro. You were light on your feet, meaning you have good footwork. But you're also you could hang with the big dudes, and I would I've been blown away ever since of your work, man. So, like I said, I didn't want to make this beginning too long, but the the story itself was too good not to tell. And I mean, dude, I'm enjoying your work, and so that's kind of our lead into this podcast here. Well, I greatly appreciate it, man. Yeah, everything that sounds about right. I think it's a lot of people tell me it's the intensity, just yeah. the. I, I think a lot of, especially younger people, man, a lot of the older guys, you ain't got to, they, right. they not necessarily were taught that. They just, if you had it, you had it. If you didn't have it, you probably weren't going to make it very long back in the day. Right. Uh, right. But um, that's what I think a lot of like younger people now are missing is that uh, fire and intensity in the ring, constantly having it in between the small stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's what's missing today. Well, dude, you were full of it and every bit that I've known you. But I remember us working on Trinity Lane, and I was like, holy crap, this is the best person I've ever managed. I mean, and I mean that because, you know, I'd managed Dyron Flynn, who I think on the mat was great, but also kind of was missing some things at that time. I managed Seven, who was a complete monster, but honestly never really got the chance to show his full potential. But, you know, and I've managed some great Sean Hoodrich. I've managed some some amazing talents. I mean, Dutch Mantel. But at the same time, at that time, you were like a lump of coal, but you had diamond bits showing through at that time. And I mean, brother, like I said, I'm proud of what you're doing now. I'm proud of where you've gone. But And do you ever remember me? And, I, and it may not have meant a lot to you, because I was probably a rookie compared to you. But do you remember me saying to you, man, you're really good. You've got something. Do you ever remember me saying that to you? Definitely. It was, uh, I'm pretty sure I, I was maybe uh, in a match with Sean Fatal and you yeah. were managing me, maybe. Yeah. And, uh, I remember after the match, I came back, didn't even make it up the stairs. And, and you were out of breath from hollering. And I was out of breath because I'm, I was 300 pounds. And, uh, <laughs> looked at me and that's he said man you got something you said i don't know what it is he said but you got it yeah well hey and the thing is is when i saw you kind of dip out of the business and brother you know whenever somebody like you has been in the business you know like wolfie d for example he's been in the business since he was 14 15 years old so when he takes a dip out he can take a dip out for a minute but then come back and i love the focus and intensity i love the cousin conjury i love all that and I mean, there are some people that I've managed before that really impress me that I feel like, okay, in the right scenario, 
they can make it. Or if they did one thing, they could do it. Now, again, what is make it anymore? Maybe it's just a, a, a really good career that you make some money and you support your family. Or maybe it's on AEW or WWE or whatever. But I will say this. I think as far as all of them, out of the most potential that I feel like you could really do this for a, a full-on, true living, I mean, I, I think you're tops of the list, man. And, and I, I'm, I mean that because I've seen a lot. And honestly, I, I feel like you're just a couple steps away, you know. So keep that up, uh, man. <laughs> I greatly appreciate it. That's why, or especially here recently, I've been – stepping outside my comfort zone trying to make a whole lot of towns i've got different states coming up uh a lot a lot of big things that i can't really get into but yeah um, exciting definitely man. I'm really exciting i'm nervous about it but it's a good nervousness you know something oh, that dude. i've been i've been waiting on and and that time away man it really it made me miss it and it made me almost crave wanting to be yeah uh back in a ring you know oh, having, no. having that energy around in you uh on, on a weekend night or a weeknight just people hollering at you or for you you know it's a, it's yeah. a different a different type of energy you can't explain it oh no and and you're gonna be you're gonna be hearing tons of that i promise you trenton so here's the thing what i always like to do is i tell a little story and then we bring it all the way back so what we're going to do is we're going to bring it all the way back here and i'm going to start with this and this is just a generic question but I know your pops was a wrestler. He's a longtime veteran of the Middle Tennessee scene. Always got time for Lee Condry. Always appreciated him and his work and just how cool he was to me when he didn't need to be. So long story short on that, though, what got you into wrestling as a fan? And I mean, maybe it's before you even realize your pops was a worker. What got you into wrestling as a fan? So this is going to be a little... A little weird. Um, so I never, ever, ever watched wrestling as a kid. I was just always around it. Okay. Going to shows with uh, my dad never. So like on Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays, you know, most wrestling comes on those nights. I never sat and watched it because I was always at the shows with him. So all my all my knowledge from wrestling early on was from the people I'd see live or or on the independents. So a lot of the the heel stuff, you know, I, I'd see was was real old school. It was just hollering a lot of character work and whatnot. You know, yeah. you didn't have people running, uh, you know, 10, 15 different high spots. I mean, and that stuff gets over now. Wrestling's evolved. You know what I'm saying? There's a time for it and a time not for it. But so I didn't really like, I mean, I always loved it, you know. But but what, what really kind of got me into it, uh, I was probably uh 13 14 years old and uh, i was just in the ring uh i guess before uh before a show and i started moving moving around and i got a little bit comfortable with what i was doing and that's what it wasn't really watching anything but it was noticing how uh i guess how how comfortable i was with my with my own self inside of the ring that kind of made me become a bigger fan of the of wrestling in general yeah uh, yeah i mean i was also like wrestler wise i was a fan of like abyss and mankind and stuff you know but like what really pulled me into it was was me seeing my ability to do stuff yeah no and i mean is that i guess the question i was about to ask do you feel like that you almost took it in by osmosis at first 
I mean, you had been around it. When did you start going to matches with your dad? Uh, probably when I was uh, two. Okay. Two, two or, <laughs> I've been I've I've been around uh, uh, the business pretty much my entire life. As yeah. long as I could, it, it, you know, able to hold my head up, I've, I've been watching watching it live or you know at least some form. Yeah. So that's, I knew this question was going to be a little different. So, you know, obviously you're, you said you were fans of Abyss and Mankind. I can see certain elements out of that in your work style. I definitely think you're, if, you know, if Mick Foley, you, you definitely have the Mick Foley footwork, in my opinion. You've got that, oh, like a cannonball style almost, but also you could almost like, tiptoe through a grass field without bending a blade I, I it just seems like you're really in control of your body does that make sense a hundred percent uh i can pretty much if and i'm to be almost 300 pounds i'm, I'm very agile like i can move through the air yeah uh, flip um whatever somebody needs me to do or would like me to try to do i can almost guarantee them i can do it yeah uh, yeah and that just comes with, with being confident and knowing what like knowing your limitations as well you know well uh, yeah but i don't think you do brother <laughs> fair enough yeah <laughs> I, I i almost I, feel like you that's part of the brain that's cut off on you you know there's i feel like people have a, a you know a certain limitations like you said and you know, no limitations in their brain and, you know, certain things like words for me, I feel like I have no limitations on sometimes how much I can talk. But in your case, I feel like you're, you have so much confidence in your ability that you turn a certain part of that off. I could be wrong though. You could be just really good and faking it. <laughs> I, I mean, it, I don't even know uh, to be a hundred percent. Well, you, I, it could be just, the confidence that, that doesn't like hold me back I, and when I fully commit to something or it could be, uh, you know, I might have really good leg muscles. I don't know. It could be, <laughs> it could be a combination of all, all of it, you know, together. Yeah. Yeah. Well that, Hey, that's whatever it is, is keep it up, man. So obviously we can't talk about your story without first talking about your dad. So Lee Condry, the outlaw, I mean, what I remember of Lee was obviously that very first time that I tipped my toe in the waters of pro wrestling as far as working it. Your dad, you know, he seemed to be in that locker room kind of different than a lot of those guys. And obviously, you know, we're standing out in the parking lot and I think his name was White Trash. He almost drives us over with his truck <laughs> as yeah. we're standing in the parking lot. I guess he wanted to make a parking spot wherever we were. <laughs> but your dad and his tag team, they seem to carry themselves with a little more professionalism than a lot of the guys that you would see on the normal shows. And that showed. And then I met him there, met, obviously shook his hand with respect. And then, you know, from then on, when we would see each other, we would always you know, I would always be respectful to him, of course, anytime, but anytime that I would meet him, I would always try to get a talk in with him and just see how he's doing, see how things were going, you know, but talk about your pops, man. Yeah, uh, definitely the biggest influence on me coming in uh, and, and doing the stuff that I do. If I, I don't think I would necessarily have the uh, explosiveness or the intensity if it wasn't for watching him and studying him literally my whole childhood. But, uh, like he's, dude, he's always been a great dad, man. It, 
honestly, he's uh, you know, if it wasn't for him, I I wouldn't be back in wrestling right now, man. He kind of gave me that uh, that extra push to get back in it and keep uh. He said he told me that I really had something with this gimmick, and he said I needed to, you know, push for it and keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah, and it's working out so far. So I got him to thank for that, you know. Well, hey, I um, mean, again, he sees something, you know. That's awesome. But yeah, um, man, back in the and I never really had uh like any formal training, you know. Uh, I mean, I I did, but I didn't at the same time. Right. I was just. At every show that he would go to, I would be there with him, and I would be in the ring beforehand. And that was from the time I was, you know, five or six up until I started wrestling when I was fourteen. Sure. Uh, we also had a ring in the backyard, you know. But, <laughs> so uh, you you had total training, dude. <laughs> you yeah, just you just I, didn't I just, go to I, the school and all that, you know. Right. I went and bought a ring actually two weeks ago. I I just went and got the pad for it this morning. That's awesome. Waiting on the lumber, and I'll be I'll be ready to set it up outside. That is awesome, dude. Very cool. I can imagine some cool videos coming with that too, man. So, oh, dude, I'm about to I'm about to let loose. I'm, uh, people are probably going to see some things they never thought they'd see a 280 pound man do, but they're going to see it. They're going to see it. I love it. Okay, so you know, kind of continuing a story about your pops, just going with him and stuff. I mean. There, there was a lot of times, you know, uh, where I didn't go, where he'd go far off. And, and a lot, some weekends, you know, I'd go three or four days without seeing him. Uh, and it's like that, but I'm, I'm about to have to go through the same thing with, uh, my son. So, yeah, cause it's man. History repeats itself, dude. He's just like me. It does. And I can see a lot of my, my dad and me, you know? Oh, well, Hey, it's only logical. Obviously, I don't know your dad 1,000%, but at the same time, I I feel like he's an honorable man from what I know of him and from what people speak of him, you know? So yeah, if you carry that trait, I think everything else will figure itself out, you know? Right. That's the, yeah, I, I think so, Trenton, brother. Come on. So, okay, obviously, you know, your pops, I remember he started tagging with Primetime Brian Lee, and this right. was probably like 2012 and we were working and I think you had either left Porter's at this time, or maybe you were still there, but your dad brings Brian Lee to NWA main event. And this is actually just before I was leaving. And then the eventual place shut down. But what's funny is because I was putting some of the matches together, basically Porter said, well, Jimmy, you're going to have to do it. And I was like, what? And he was like, you're going to have to book because Charming Charles had left. Aaron Camaro had left. All these people who I was there working with left. And he was like, you're going to have to book. Well, I was like, okay, well, I'm calling Jeremiah Plunkett and Lee Condry. So Lee came in and Jeremiah Plunkett came in. And basically, I wrote it on paper what they said. So every time that I say that I booked, no, I did not. Lee and Jeremiah Plunkett helped me out with that because, you know, like I said, I knew that I could trust. And Lee was funny because then he brought in Brian Lee. And and so Brian comes in the building and he walks up to me and he was like, hey, are you the money man? <laughs> and I was like, no, sir. I said, I'll give you some money if you need it. Just like, don't kill me. You know, no, I'm just kidding. But Brian Lee was super cool. Your dad was tagging with him and. 
he, I guess, got his money figured out with Porter, which, you know, money and Mike Porter never really lined up in my book. (laughs) (laughs) Money, money and promoters just doesn't, doesn't line up. They did. Well, used to not. It's a whole lot better than it is. than it was, I guess. That's what I've heard. You know, Plunky's told me a little bit about that. It's a, it's a, you know, people know their worth and they get their worth now, which is good because, you know, honestly, you all work too hard to work for free. So, but at the same time, they were tagging with Brian Lee. And then that is when I am managing, you know, around the time that I am managing you now. So we're at NWA main event. I'm working as Omar Alcazan, the Sheik character. And a lot of my guys had already left. Dyron and them were already gone when you came in, right? Uh, Yes. I think okay. the only one that was still there was maybe Sean Fatal. Yeah. And Cooter. I think Larry Cooter was still there. Or am I wrong about that? I don't think he was there at that point in time. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so Sean Fatal. Sean Fatal, honestly, is a working son of a gun. He's a quick as a cat. I don't know what he's doing now. You know, hope he's well. But I know you came in, and how did we, did I just say, hey, I want to manage you? Is that how I did it? <laughs> I think uh, what had happened, maybe I had came in the week before that Okay. and had okay. a match with uh, – I can't remember who, but somebody else. Yeah. And and I think it was quick. Yeah. But, uh, or maybe it was a, I think it was a six man. Maybe it was me, my dad and somebody else against fatal Plunkett and, and somebody I can't quite remember, but I think that's okay. Maybe what it was. Okay. Uh, and after that first week I, I, and we even clicked in the locker room, you know, just, oh, totally. just talking, hanging out. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, that's kind of the way I was in the locker room. I was just trying to supposed to be fun in there and have a good time, you know, so. (laughs) But I remember seeing you in the match and I was like, holy crap, this kid's got a lot of potential. So I want to manage you. And then we end up managing each other. I don't know. I'm a little fuzzy on that, Trent. And I'm sad to say that because I wish I could remember more of that. But whatever, we we worked together. And that was probably the last time we got to work together, right? I don't think we did. I think so. I Because I don't think I I stayed in nwa too too long yeah i don't think you did either because i would have i remember the last two shows i booked your pops was there brian lee was there i had a bunch of dudes in there that i just put together and was like i know these guys i can trust them you dipped and which i don't blame you for that but then you know i wrote it till the last days and then i end up going to saw and then unfortunately we just go different ways but what leads up to that is, is basically, I remember, like, you know, we said, I remember seeing a lot in you. And so I guess at that point, what I want to say is, where did you go from there? Tell your story after that. NWA, I was probably 15, 14, <laughs> 15, 16, maybe. Uh, and I know after that, there was a show that started running in Murfreesboro. Uh, okay called uh fwa yeah is uh, uh, i think or i was there for for about two years and then they shut the doors on that and then uh i went up to uh and and during that time i think uh or maybe right after that my my dad and brian were tagging for uh for saw and stuff millersville yep yep um, they sure I, were i never worked up there but uh i think after after 
Murfreesboro, I started working for SWF in Tullahoma, and then I kind of clicked with um, Lee Byford or Uncle Biff. Yeah. Uh, I like his work, is, too. I like his work, too. Which is, uh, he's, he's one of my, if not my best friend in this business. And it's funny because my dad actually shot on Byford way oh. back in the day. Wow. Back when he was uh, Johnny Vortex. And okay. it was pretty bad, you know. Yeah. It happens, right? <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, it was some, I think, some uh, misunderstandings and stuff. They've talked about it uh, here recently. They, they, you know, water under the bridge, everybody's cool. But it's kind of funny how things play out, you know. Oh, for sure. Which, uh, <laughs> when I, the first time Byford asked me to ride with him, you know, my dad was kind of sketchy on it. But, I mean, you know, that's some chances you got to take. You know, he could, he could, he very well could have taken me out to nowhere land and just beat me up and left me there, you know, trying right. to take liberties for what had happened in the past. But, uh, he didn't, man. He actually, he took me under his wing for a little bit and taught me more of, uh, pulled more of the monster out of me, you know, more of the, oh. uh, hollering, more of the vocals, facial expressions. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, because he seems to be, you know, he almost gives me the vibe of that that classic wrestler, the French Angel. Do you know who I'm talking mm-hmm. about? He's yep. got that like, not, not to say he looks like a monster, but he he could be a monster. You know what I'm saying? I, I I don't know Biff. He came along a little bit after I was already gone from the Middle Tennessee area, but man, I'm impressed by his work. I really am for sure. Definitely, man. It's a uh character work there's none there's back when he was doing like uh he used to go by the human snuff film back or when he was doing like his dark character man there's nothing i mean what he's doing now is good too but dude you, you take him back to that that's prime biff right there yeah it, it, uh, but uh i went and rode with him a little bit and we tagged for a minute and then uh my son was born and this was 20 2018 Okay. At the end of 2017, my son was born, and then 2018, um, January, I tried to come back because I took a month off, you know, for him. Uh, tried to come back, and I started having real bad uh, anxiety attacks, panic attacks. Yeah. Never had them before in my life, but that's what uh, took me out for like four years. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk panic. about that. I'm talking. I thought. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, going back, it was like the Thursday before a show. Uh-huh. I had just gotten home from, I think maybe, uh, maybe work. And, yeah. uh, I sat down and I thought I was having a heart attack or a stroke. Oh, like man. left side of my body went numb, you know, uh, drenched in sweat, didn't know what it was. Uh, got an ambulance to come get me. Wow. I went to the hospital, EKG, heart's fine, you know. Uh, they tell me it's panic, it's stress. So I'm like, whatever, that's fine. Uh, they give me some like hydroxyzine or some type of medicine to kind of calm me down. Um, I try to go back. I get to the show on Friday, like the following Friday. Yeah. Right before my music hits, man, panic attacks. And I, and I just have to suffer through it. I go out there, have a really crappy like five, six minute match. Uh, with a dude named Austin Wright. Austin uh-huh. Wright is a heck of a worker. He, he is a, he's another, he's my age. He's another young one from my area that his work is really crisp. Uh, That's awesome. But I, I couldn't 
shake the panic or anxiety, even, you know, with medicine, different, different types of medicines. So I was like, well, heck, I, I said, I'm gonna have to step away for at least for a little bit, you know, try to figure some stuff out. Yeah. Stayed away for four years, uh, got fat, real fat, didn't do nothing. Got over (laughs) almost, got up to like 320 pounds. And that was in this past January. And, uh, I'm down to 265 now. Hey brother, that's awesome. Good for you. Back, I came back hotter than ever. Tried to uh, put literally everything I've got into this character and into what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, let's stop right there, man, because that's where I want to go. But I'm going to do that. We'll do that after a break. So right. we'll be right back with more from Cousin Condry on Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. If you're a fan of rock music, I'd really appreciate it if you took a moment to check out my podcast. It's called the Decibel Geek Podcast. We've been doing it for about 10 years now. We talk about Kiss. We talk about Ozzy. We talk about Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and Metallica. We talk about all the legends from the 60s and on, up to brand new bands that you should be hearing about today that you're not going to hear on the radio. It's Decibel Geek. Wherever you find your podcasts, you'll find us there. If you love rock and roll, I can almost guarantee you're going to love my show. All right, we're back with Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. And once again, we have the very special guest, Cousin Condrion. And you were leading me to it, and I, I wanted to take a break because... This was the piece de resistance, as they say in in Montreal, I think. Whatever. Cousin Condry, the creation of that. Tell me all about Mm -hmm. that. I've got to hear about Cousin Condry and the creation. Absolutely. So Cousin, the name actually started uh, before I took my hiatus. Okay. Uh, The character itself, not so much. I'll get into that. The the name, though, Cousin Condry, came, obviously, uh, my dad use Condry, so I was going to use it as well. Yeah. But uh, where Lee Byford or Uncle Biff used to use the uncle character we were tagging, I just said, to heck with it, I'm going to go as Cousin Condry. That's uh-huh. how, that's kind of how the name kind of came and stuck. As I took my time off, you know, I sat and I watched more. I, I told you earlier how I never watched wrestling on TV when I was younger, just because I was always at shows and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, when I took my time off, that's all I did was watch wrestling on TV. Went back, watched older wrestling, uh, you know, some old Nick Bockwinkle, Ricky Morton. Oh, yeah. Uh, everything, dude. Like, I'm, I'm talking uh, old NWA classic. Uh, all wrestling that I could find, I would watch. I'm, I'm, yeah. That's how I my days. So I got that, really got that itch, and I'd sit, I would sit down just and think of things, you know, like uh, what would be – what would be a cool character? I came up with, you know, different characters. Uh, like one was a rock and roll Jesus type character. I had the long hair. I was going to do the all white and come out and uh, do like a church, a country type deal. And uh, I was like, no, nah, that that would be cool, but that's not what I'm going for, you know? Yeah, and then yeah. an idea would fade. Well, I went back to, I was like, well, let me just stick with what, what I know for now. And then if something comes, it'll come. Right. So I, I said, all right, I'm going to come back as cousin. Uh, I used to do like the eye makeup, you know, darken my eyes. Well, I can't do that real well. So I was like, nah, I guess that's my creepy. That's one less creepy thing that I have. I need to substitute that with something else. Okay. Well, I was, uh, there's this little like antique shop down the road from my house and I was walking around in it and found this old 
piece of beat up burlap and uh, a rope like right beside it. And I said, that kind of looks creepy if I was to just throw that over my head, you know, it kind of looked like a, an original version of like Jason Voorhees or something, you know? Oh, yeah. So uh, I started watching, uh, I bought it and I went back and I watched some old the Friday the 13th and Michael Meyer movies, just some old slasher films and kind of pulled something not from each character, but like I tried to pull their mannerisms together and see what made them stand out and what made them creepy and what made you want to run away from them when you see them, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I kept the cousin name because, you know, it, you go mess with somebody in the woods and they say they're going to get their cousin. You ain't going to stick around, you know? Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I did. So I did that and I came up, I started wearing the burlap sack and then I said, well, you know what? I said, uh, maybe I can get a little bit more creative. I said, I'm going to look up online, see if I can make, uh, my own mask. So I learned how to make like a mask template just by hand stitching it and, and cutting out like fabrics and using like starch to hold everything in place. And I eventually got it to where I could work burlap onto it and paint it and soup it up, you know, leather straps. I, I kind of, it was more of a learn as you go process. Yeah. Like I've, I've got about seven or eight different cousin conjury masks and each one looks better than the last. They're all evolved. Yeah. So, okay. That's, that's part of my question here and I'm going to tie this together. Now you're coming out of this, I mean, as you say, debilitating anxiety to where mm-hmm. now you're coming back with the same abilities, but now you have this mask. Do you feel like those are related at all? Um, yeah, I think so because, and, and I also got on some, uh, I, I'm, I'm on some decent medicine now. They found me some stuff that kind of, that's good. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it keeps, it keeps me evened out. Um, because I've got, I, I'm real to, I mean, to be as big as I am, I have a high metabolism. I've got really high energy and I think that plays a lot into it as well, but coming through the curtain, but especially if you haven't done it in a while and you don't know how the people are going to take to you, you don't know if you're going to go through there, holler, you know, try to get the people up and they're just going to be dead quiet and look at right. you like you're stupid. Right. Uh, but with that mask on, it kind of pulls. Even when it was just the sack, you know. Yeah. And there's no detail to it. When you when I walked out there, I could tell that was something for their eyes to grasp onto. So oh, even yeah. if they're not, you know, being loud or making noise, I can see what they're doing and they're looking at my face and my eyes and they're creeped out. That's yeah, what, for that's sure. What, mm. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, you think about it too, in, in some horror movies, yeah, there's the, they'll see the killer. Sometimes they'll scream. There's also times where they'll see him and not make a word. They're frozen in fear. And, you know, e- either way, I, you got to make a, I guess, a negative into a positive, And that's how... I, I kind of look at if I can if I can get a room full of people to just gasp at my at my mask or at me hollering when I come out there, I think I'm doing something all right. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think, you know, I don't know, man, it's got vibes of like you said, I love the idea of I can go grab my cousin. I'll be right back because 
I know everybody has that cool cousin. Everybody has that crazy cousin that might have cut the wings off flies back when they were a kid, you know. So the open-ended element of I'm going to get my cousin and then putting this mask involved with it, which honestly, dude, there has to be a more comfortable substance to wear than burlap. But I love that idea and the look. Uh, I mean, luckily, I've got a uh, cousin is about to permanently be in a mask like he's going to be a mask character okay uh, i love so, it so usually i don't work in the mask i'll just wear it to the ring you know gotcha. take it off. right but because right. uh, that burlap is heavy and it's hot i bet um, man. i bet you got some mm-hmm. some modifications happening to it so. yep i've got somebody uh making me a mask as we speak right now that i'll be able to work in they'll have a decent chin strap it's not going to be too heavy yeah so that's yeah. going to be I, I'm I was on the fence about it, but because uh, because man, my facial expression sell. That's one of my for sure. Uh, yeah, one of my selling points, man, is is my facials in the ring. Either while I'm selling or while I'm trying to do damage on somebody, putting in the work. It, it I think that's what and one of the things that makes me stand out. But I also think that I can still get that through with that with the mask on oh i think you can too brother i mean dude you know this business and you know how to do that i mean that's telling a story is not going to be the issue but i'm sure it will be an adjustment for you but i think you'll handle it okay so we've talked about you know the idea of the cousin condry character and the mask and obviously the inspiration elements of possibly mankind with also tied in with with jason Voorhees, michael myers the classic slasher monster dudes there's also an element of the the classic batman villain scarecrow to it as well and you know the fear that that he you know uses as his quote unquote superpower you know what i'm saying so Funny you brought that up because when I first started um, with the burlap sack, I got a lot of uh, comparisons to Scarecrow. So I started using, you know how I used to like blow the dust in people's face? Oh, yeah. I would uh, yeah. take uh, like red sidewalk chalk and crush it up into a powder uh-huh, or, uh-huh. or green or whatever funky color would look cool yeah, and yeah. pull it out and use it as a finish, you know, uh, blow it into the opponent's face or something. It's a little bit different than just using baby powder, you know. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, right now the the, the current status of Cousin Condry, I've seen your work in everywhere, man. We were trying to set up this interview, and you sent me a list. And I mean, you've got some time off, maybe a couple of days here and there, but you're going to be even down in my neck of the woods. But here recently, I've seen you wrestling at School of Morton, man. How's that going? Uh, School of Morton is is awesome, dude. Um, the the exposure you get from somewhere as prominent as school. I mean, it, you got a WWE Hall of Famer's name on the build. You know what I mean? Exactly. You don't. Exactly. It's been really cool down there, man. They're 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 pushing me real good. Uh, I've had some killer matches with people down there, like uh, with people, a uh, dude named Yellow Man. Uh, Rick Reeves, um, Tyler Foshi, a, a bunch of a bunch of solid young cats that are that are really good, and I think they're going to be somewhere in this business one day. That's awesome. So that's kind of my other question: is what are the current promotions that you're currently working for right now? Uh, shout them out for us. Oh, let's see. I got a list. Uh, <laughs> it's always yeah. good to have a list. Man, uh, Fridays are usually at a uh, SWF in Tullahoma. 
106 Southside Drive. Saturdays vary a whole lot. Like I'll be at a, I, I, like I said, some things I can't really say, but um, sure, sometimes uh, RWF and Gallatin, uh, I'm not really going back to uh, tap, but it's close to home. Sure. Uh, where else? Um, I'll be, I'll tell you some locations I'll be going. I'll be going yeah. to uh, New York City, New York. Uh, <laughs> That's amazing. And I almost want to guess, but I won't throw that away. So, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Orlando, uh, Florida, some cool places like that, you know. Um, That's amazing, dude. And you're going to be down in my neck of the woods in Charlotte, North Carolina. We got to figure out a way to – I got to come see that, man. So. Oh, definitely. Uh, Elevation Pro Wrestling, uh, check it out when, you, when you're up there. It's, it's going to be cool. They got a nice setup down there. It'll be That's my awesome. first time up there, but but I've seen pictures. I think they got a really cool setup. Oh, I'm sure they do, you know. And is that kind of your plans for 2023 is just to keep, you know, obviously 2022 is kind of not necessarily wrapping up immediately here, but in the next few months, but then on into 2023, is it just basically to continue being a road dog, essentially? Uh, I, I think so. My, I'll be honest with you, and when I came back this year, I never thought that uh, I didn't think that I would be nowhere near as far or, or do half of the stuff that I've, that I've done yeah. since I've been back. So I, 2023 could, could hold a lot of things. I, I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep sending, uh, sending tapes and stuff out and I'm going to keep posting on social media and hopefully, uh, people will see cousin on, on their not just their local TV network. You know what I'm saying? I get you. And I love it. I think, I, I think I'm excited for that for myself. So, you know, so we kind of figured out plans for 2023. Who are some of the people that you want to work with? And I mean, aim high brother. Who are some of the, who are some of the people that are on your bucket list? Let's just say. Uh, the, the one person, the one person I would want to work just because I know they would hit me before they, retired or before uh i hope i can make it to this level or, or somewhere or maybe he's not at that level by this time but uh gunther or walter oh from, dude dude i would die he could beat the hell out of me for 45 minutes if he wanted to <laughs> i'm telling you man I, I don't think there's anybody that has the same intensity as he has at, at this current you know, yeah. point in time i agree uh, man that match he i mean he made sheamus Dude, you know what I'm saying? I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people are saying Sheamus and he, but honestly, Sheamus hadn't really had ever a match that I even think of in my mind. But I feel like that show there, they really had a, a heck of a match. And you got to give that to uh, Walter, Gunther, whatever. You've got to give that to him because Sheamus had kind of been in this fair to Midland role. And now they're talking about him having the match of the night. Can you imagine? <laughs> Man, it, it really when he's in there, it really looks like he's he's trying to hurt somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and not a lot of people can portray that anymore. Uh, another one that I would like to just on their work alone. Uh, he's a real young cat, but Nick Wayne's real good. I'd like to work him. Oh yeah, uh, Wolfie produced his match at the Ric Flair's last match. He had really? high, yeah, he spoke highly of him for sure. So uh, yeah, Nick Wayne's real good. Uh, another one that I I think would be a cool match is uh. Probably Jeff Cobb. Oh, yeah. Uh, Slobber knocker. Dude, uh, Keith Lee would be cool. Another big dude. Yeah. Uh, 
I, I like where you're thinking, man. I like where you're thinking. Uh, Sammy Callahan would be another cool one. I, oh, I just want to go against some people that are some hard hitters, man. That that'll yeah, that aren't afraid to hold back and that'll hit hit you because they know they're probably going to get hit as well. Yes, yes. There's a level of snug that is 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 acceptable. Is what you're saying, <laughs> right? Hit me hard and hit me hard. If, if you can hit me safe, hit me as hard as you can. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Carry awful. He, he always said, hit me hard and in the pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, one time at main event, I was managing seven. I was up on the apron and I was doing an Iggy and then it, basically Drew Haskins ducks and seven hits me with the flying elbow, essentially. And I was like seven. I thought we were friends, brother. And I, you know, he kind of had that monstrous beast like character. And I think he really felt like, because, you know, one thing that I've learned is the closer you are to the fans or the smaller, the crowd and to maintain, you know, truth to it or, or believability in a sense, you really have to play snug, man. You really oh, have. Yeah, I, I had a, uh, I don't know if you know who Brad cash is. I know but, of him. Uh, yeah. We had we had a it was a little hardcore match Saturday, and uh, man, we was out there and wasn't a whole lot of people. You know, the show there was a show that ran on Friday the night before the same building, so usually a Saturday the next night don't draw too well in the same town. Sure, but uh, sure, we was still in there and we was right in the middle of the crowd beating the hell out of each other, man. Uh, <laughs> talking about Sabu and he Sabu'd me with a chair. I'm pretty sure I got a concussion. Oh, man. Uh, dude, Jermix and uh, gig, gig spots on the forehead, you know. <laughs> uh, it, it, it was, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like no death match or anything, but it was a little brutal, you know, for yeah. there to be 35, 40 people there. Yeah. So, you know, you spoke about Brad Cash here, but talk about who do you see on the scene right now that's really impressing you? It's really impressing me right now. Yeah. yeah. I would have to say, and, and man, it's as, and just as simple as I'll, I'll give you two answers. One, uh, Austin Wright, just because I mean I don't think he gets enough exposure. Man, he 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 hasn't gotten enough uh, like the right chances. You know what I mean? Because his Absolutely. work is is crisp, man. I can't say that enough, dude. Uh, another that I'm real thoroughly impressed with is uh, there's a lot of these old timers coming back, man. That are uh, are showing that they can still hang with some of these young kids, you know? Oh yeah. And that's, and that's what I'm impressed with, you know, uh, uh, Kevin, the thug Jones, you know, my dad, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. um, who else, uh, you know, um, sharp dress man, Lawrence's, uh, former partner, uh, Frankie, Frankie lane, I think. Is oh yeah. Name. Okay. I know Frankie. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. It came back and there, and I'm talking about that. These, these guys are still hanging. That's so, awesome. Hey, I'm, props to them. I'm all for that. The, the OGs, you know, that's the important ones. <laughs> Those right. are the guys I know and, and was in the locker room with, you know, and, and they were in it before I was, you know, so that makes me feel good because I got a little gray on the ball field, man. I'm, I'm a little, you know, don't let I'm, that stop you, man. My dad does too. And I seen him doing drop downs, leapfrogs, arm drags. Yeah. Well, running spots of, of just a few weeks ago. So. 
Don't well, let the, that stop you. <laughs> yeah, the outlaw's a different breed, though, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, so I guess, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about wrestling. Obviously, you know, we've seen your career from very young to now. So outside of wrestling, what are you into? I know you got a family. I know you're a family man. But at the same time, what do you like to do in your off time? Like, what kind of music do you like? What kind of movies do you watch? That kind of stuff. I don't uh, really watch any TV uh, uh, here recently, but uh, I listen. I listen to just about any type of music, anything that's gonna, you know, get my toe tapping, or it, it could be anything. Uh, sure. As far as like hobbies go, man, when I say that every every aside from you know spending time with my son, or we'll go to Chuck E. Cheese or something. Aside from spending time with the wife and son, I it is a hundred percent wrestling. That's uh, awesome. That's awesome. W- outside working, running, uh, doing, trying, working on cartwheels, doing uh, rolls in the, on the ground. I got a ring set up. Well, it'll be set up probably tomorrow. But so now I'm probably going to be in it every day of the week, aside from on Sundays. Well, no, yeah, I got yeah. school in Morton on Sundays. So that's awesome. That's probably. So- Monday's like my Sunday, you know, that's my right. pretty much my off day. Your your decompressed day. Your <laughs> So how old's your son, man? Uh he will be five in December. Wow, that's awesome. What's his name if you don't? Uh Bradley. Bradley, shout out, buddy. Remember that we talked about you early, brother. <laughs> and he's uh it, to be four years old, he can already lock up, snatch the arm, work it. Oh, I know I'm I I have no doubt. He's already prepared. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I mean, as young as you got it, I mean, it's just inevitable, right? So, oh, dude, I can't. It's hard keeping him away. Yeah. So, I, you know, Brad, you know, that's that's cool. I'm I'm happy that you've got that part of your life too, because that grounds you. You know, especially because if if we were to be left to our own devices, we would just think wrestling a hundred million times a day and you know even being in it as far as just podcasting now i I still focus so much time and effort on the business you know just to just to kind of try to stay on top of things even if it's just stupid news about certain organizations and all that stuff but i guess when you you get your decompressed time with your son and you, you focus on him and stuff do you feel like your, you know, the medicine you said, I know that, but do you feel like you got your anxiety licked now as far as everything goes? Uh, yeah. And no, uh, man, I, I feel like my, my brain's kind of like wired different at times. Cause I, I think about, uh, so many things at one time, you know, this might seem weird, but, uh, like I can be doing something or, or, and, and have like, uh, something else going on at the same time, you know, so it's kind of hard to even while I'm playing with him or something or, or still talking or, or hanging out with my wife or I, I've still got stuff rolling in the back of my mind like, hey, what can I do or or how right. can I do this or, or what of do course. I need to do today to, to look like this when, whenever the showtime comes or, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's literally so much that I and I and I'm at the point to where I don't know, I feel like I understand on on how to get to where i need to be and and i know that's going to take like a lot of sacrifices and uh my family knows that as well but they sure at the same time you know they're i'm grateful that i have them because i could honestly not ask for a uh, better support group 
dude. Right. They are, they support me a hundred percent, no matter where I go or what I'm doing. Uh, just because they know that's what, that's what I love to do. And they know that's, what's going to, what's going to push us further in life. You know, if I can stick with it and at least yeah. that's, what you know, at least I believe that. And she believes that. And that's yeah. all I can ask for. Yeah, brother, dude, you know, you got to have that support system and having that support system. Honestly, if you, you talk to successful people, they either came out of nothing or they had an incredible support system. And, you know, as long as everybody's got the same eyes on the prize and, you know, you've got somebody at your back, that's, you know, a ride or die. That's, that's all you can ask for. And honestly, just about all you need when it comes to it, you know, so I'm happy for you on that level, man. And I'm really glad that you've got that figured out. I know it's, I appreciate it. yeah, dude, a daily process to keep everything figured out, but Hey, it's, it's what we are. We're men. Right. So, right. so let me ask you this, man. So I know I saw something on there that you're going to have some slam buddies, some, some cousin oh, Condry yeah. slam buddies soon. Technically my first, uh, type of merch that's going to be released, but yeah, they're going to, uh, like the like, remember the old school like Randy Savage and uh, yes. Macho or, uh, oh yeah had Hulk Hogan the oh yeah the stuffed dolls that's uh, kind of like what they are yeah I think they're about a foot taller so that's a, it's great man I can just see Brad kicking one of kicking your butt though you know oh man he he already does that <laughs> he, don't, he don't need to slam as long as I'm up on two feet he's swinging for me you know yeah he, he doesn't need a slam buddy he's got slam daddy right so a hundred percent so that's your first piece of merch so uh, is that something you're going to start focusing on or do you want to keep the monster heel element going and not worry as much about that uh it i'll be honest with you it's hard to be a heel and i'm yeah yeah man it i don't know if it's because people are more sadistic but uh and and i'm being 100 percent. i went out there it was two saturday maybe last saturday and i pointed at a small kid and i said hey because the people were cheering for me i said hey if y'all don't shut the hell up i'm gonna get out of here and i'm gonna take it on this take it out on this kid kids started getting teary-eyed the rest of the crowd cheered oh my gosh I, i don't know man i've got fans far and wide i've got so I've, I've got about three-fourths of uh, my Slam Buddies that I've got so far already pre-ordered, and they'll be out as soon as they come in. That's awesome. Well, of course, you'll have social media presence, which actually, you know, go ahead and tell everybody your socials, brother. Social media is Cousin Conjury on Facebook, Cousin Conjury on TikTok, uh, Conjury Cousin on Twitter, and Cousin Conjury on Instagram. It's all simple. Yeah, that's, that's the way. Yeah. That's the best way to do it. That's how I like to do it. You know, we have GMB and PW on all those. And I wanted to, you know, some people are like, well, why didn't you spell it out? And it's like, give me back. My pro wrestling is a really long thing to type in. <laughs> yeah. So GMB and PW. And I was, you know, when, when we, when Wolfie and I named the Wolfie D show live and in color, he of course named it, but I was like thinking of something short, like the Wolfie D show or whatever, but he was like, how about, and I'm like, dude, I'm thinking of typing all that in all the time. So when it comes down to it, you know, the one thing that I do like is that everything we have is the same live Wolfie D GMB and PW. I like that about yours too. If you type in cousin Condry, you're going to find cousin Condry, right? I mean, it's a, it's a brand, man. It's, it's your, you're uh, an independent wrestler is, is a business. 
Yeah. You're not, I mean, yeah, the, the shows you work for, they're businesses as well, but you, you're also selling a product or a service and you got to treat it that way. You know, what have you got to offer and how, I mean, how is your reach, you know? Right. You, right. You know, the more people that know about you, the the more people that are liable to come watch you at the show, then that's more tickets being sold. That makes everybody happy. Yeah. And then it turns into you getting to do this longer. And that is exactly where you need to be. Trenton, you know, having you on the show today has been one of the funnest times because, like I said, I feel like I've known you for a really long I mean, I have known you, but I feel like we've been friends for a long time. And even though, you know, we, we haven't. I agree. Yeah, man. I mean, we haven't lived in the same town in a while. We didn't really get to hang out a lot back in the day, but I just know that I feel like we we had a bond from the start, even though you were this little kid trying to kneecap me at 10 years old. <laughs> well, I, I, I think it also goes, people know, uh, they, people can read when they see somebody else that has respect for the business, you know, and that, and that goes a long way. Uh, I think in general, you know, being sure. being a brother in wrestling, you know. Oh, definitely. I appreciate you saying that. The one thing I will say is I kind of compare you to – I remember I managed a guy against Ricky Morton, and Kerry was on the outside doing similar stuff, but you were even younger and had a baseball bat. So. That, that would be uh, one match uh, that I would like before my dad – Hangs oh, yes. If I could, if I could find somebody to book Carrie and Ricky against me and my dad, that would be awesome. That would be an incredible would- match. Seriously, because I think you would work well with Ricky. Obviously, your dad and Ricky could work with their eyes closed, but I think you would work good with Ricky. I think your dad would work good with Carrie, and then I would love to see an inevitable long-time feud with you and Carrie. My God, that would be incredible. So That would be awesome. I, and he can, he can go, too, which he's been around it. You know, like I, you. I was watching a uh, Ricky Morton shoot interview the other day, and Carrie was on there, literally nine years old. So yeah, yeah, exactly. He's been around it like you, and the only thing was, is I think he went to some kind of acting school for a little while. Mm-hmm. But you know, that makes total sense. Ricky was trying to take care of that element. I'm I'm a longtime Ricky Morton fan. The, the podcast listeners here will know, but I am also. A longtime Cousin Condry fan, too. So, Trenton, you know, I thank you so much for coming on the show today, man. We'll have you back sometime soon, especially if you want to promote some upcoming stuff. Oh, but I, I, I appreciate got, you having me. Oh, man, I got to ask you this, though. Don't forget me when you're big time, okay? Oh, 100%, man. All right. Don't think, I, I might need to give Omar a call whenever I, whenever I get there. You know what I'm saying? Well, if Omar is around, we'll see. He's been laying over in the in the desert with his camels and his wives. So right. He might be getting fat, but we'll we'll <laughs> shake him out of something, shave him up, and get him going. Okay. Right. <laughs> Everybody, go find Cousin Condry in your area. If he's not there yet, he will be soon. Do yourself a favor watch this kid he is definitely one of the best that i know personally and one of the brightest future stars so honestly don't sleep on cousin condry you know this kid's gonna do something big and i can't wait to see it so once again for cousin condry i'm jimmy street this has been give me back my pro wrestling we'll be right back after these messages This is Charlie with Give Me Back My Action Movies. Join us every two weeks as we dive into the classic action movies of the 80s and 90s. 
and don't forget about the monthly contest and trivia. Exactly. So make sure you find us on all your major podcasting platforms. Hi, I'm Frank. We're having a good time. And Frank. I'll be back. And we're back with Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling and that conversation with Cousin Condry. I hope everybody really took their time to listen to that because that kid is so passionate and so really just ready to break it through to the next level. I can't wait to see what happens with him. He's going to be working up in the Northeast very soon. I know he's coming down to my neck of the woods in Charlotte, North Carolina. So going to have to try to hook up with him and maybe go watch one of his matches or so. But long story short, big things and big things expected for that kid. And y'all keep an eye out on him. Go follow his social medias. Honestly, this kid, I'm telling you, I don't want to be the guy that says it, but if you hear about Cousin Condry in five years and you're like, man, where have I heard of him? It's this podcast where you heard of him. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, after after the interview there you all had, it's, uh, you know, expecting some big things. And I think I think there are big things in store for him. Yeah, and I can't wait to see it. You know, again, he's one of the good guys, and I'm glad to see that he's getting there. With just remember, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. That is exactly right. I just almost want to hear that. What is that? The MTV music? Yeah. MTV News. You hear it first. How about this? Let's talk a little action figures. What do you think, Sheik? Action figures. Yes, exactly. So anyway, I know we brought up earlier Steve Rosenthal and we brought up Magnum TA coming on the episodes in the future, but talk a little bit about power town. I know they've made some big announcements. I think they said as of this recording in four days, it's dropping. Yeah, it's the 16th. So just, just, uh, one this more Friday, day, technically, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one more day, <laughs> yeah, one more day after here. So it's September sixteenth. They're going to go live on their, I think it's relatively worldwide website that they're going to be selling them from. They put the price point out there, forty five dollars a figure. They may be cheaper if you bundle them. I'm not sure. Uh, they haven't released that information yet. They did have a nice picture on their Facebook page showing the difference in heights from like uh, Bruiser Brody was like the tallest in this wave one. Stan Hansen, then it goes on down, I think, to um, either Vern or Luthez, maybe at the at the at the bottom. I can't remember which one was the the shortest, but they, they're putting out a pretty cool, you know, countdown pretty much every day, saying like four days, five days, everything like that with all the uh, yeah. wrestlers on with the figure pictures on there. So um, yeah, it was Vern is the shortest. So yeah, I love that though. They set that scale to seven inches, and then they said, "Okay, if seven inches is essentially six feet, is that kind of yeah, so, something like that?" Yeah, and it looks like Bruiser Brody has got to be an inch or half an inch taller than uh, Vern, so that's cool to see. Absolutely, and it's uh, nothing like getting an Andre the Giant the same height as Rey Mysterio. Absolutely. And that's the truth, man. Think about that. All those years 
especially Jax, man. They were the they were probably the worst at skating. They had a lot of the same bodies. I mean, like they just pumped that one body with the twenty four inch pythons out. I think all the time. Absolutely, they did. And you know what? We were happy to have them at the time. But I'm glad to see people. I mean, it's too. You know, it, does it seem like a stickler of type? you know, to, to expect a smaller body frame or whatever. I just think it, it adds to the element of collectability to them. You know, I guess they look at the people who collect these action figures now and I mean, yeah, you know, kids still love them. Your son, obviously little chic, he's loves them, but at the same time, you know, adults are buying these toys now and to know that they, you know, look at small things such as that. I mean, I'm just stoked to have one in my hand and to look at it, you know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm a, uh, unopened collector. Sure. I mean, especially with the newer stuff, um, the older stuff, I'm not going to spend the, uh, small fortune to collect unopened, but, um, uh, I like, I like looking at them in a package. I like That's why packaging matters a lot to me. And what I'm seeing out of the power town brand, their packaging looks really nice. They've released, the packaging on the Carrie Von Eric and uh, Bruiser Brody uh, in the last think, few weeks. And you think Carrie's jacket's going to be satin? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If so, I want one though. Like yeah. the actual yeah. jacket, not not just the figure. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a plunky jacket to me. But it's it's a you know FTR FTR yeah whoever. But I can uh, Arn and Tully yeah Arn and Tully. I mean that's really an Arn and Tully. For that's me. really an Arn and Tully jacket. Let's be yeah perfect. Yeah, but, but at the same time, you know, I, I like the idea of it, calling it a plunky jacket too. So yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's cool. I mean, their their boxes looking amazing. The artwork on it's looking amazing. The the overall setup of the action figure. So, did you say that you are already in, or you're going to be in on the first series? I'm getting the whole first series, uh, unless for some reason I can't. Right. Um, but I'm I'm gonna I plan on ordering the whole first series, uh, just because I want. There's there's a lot of names I want in there. Um, I mean, you know, I don't I don't know, I don't know much about Luthez, but I mean, it's going to be awesome to have a Luthez yeah. figure. Um, He's you not know, he, mentioned a lot these days because he wasn't during the entertainment era, but he right. He's in the, the yeah, he's, he's one of the, uh, I mean, he, like we think back as like a old timer wrestling and you think like really, uh, like Bruno San Martino, but Luthez was well before that. So I mean, yeah, Luthez wearing wool underwear, no knee pads, and yeah. shooter shooter boots like Goldberg wore, which I yeah. understood Goldberg wearing shooter boots. But anyway, nah. long story. I guess it was a shoot because he would kick people's heads off. <laughs> Goldberg must have thought it was a shoot, so that's why he wore the shooter boots. But long story short, yeah, it looks cool. The Luthez figure, the Vern, of course, he had to make a Vern. Vern, you know, yeah, got to be there, you know. Well, Vern, Vern, it's it's a shame that Vern has never had a figure till now. I know, I know. Yeah, you know, even even he had that little sample uh, Rimco, uh, Rimco, but uh, it's a shame that there's never been a Vern till now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with that having it out a little posthumously. I know this is probably a tribute to to Greg, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. I think it's awesome, and you know, oh, absolutely. You know, we are huge fans of the Powertown brand, the Powertown family, Rimco, you know, the Ganyas, AWA. We love all of them. You know, in fact, there's a future what if episode coming up soon that we've already discussed pretty 
at least the start conversation of, of the AWA. So we're going to do some AWA stuff too coming up soon. So yeah, because although we weren't in the area for AWA to be like close, like we were for like Smoky Mountain Wrestling or for you know Crockett or anything like that, right. we we do we do have a lot of uh, fondness and memories of AWA because it was on ESPN and yeah. Um, yeah. you know. There's a there was a lot of there's a ton of talent came out of the AWA. Without without the AWA making some of that talent, I don't know that the WWF can ever fully succeed with all the um, yeah, talent they had. So I, you know, I do the show with Wolfie. I know I've said that a hundred times on this podcast, but at the same time, <laughs> Wolfie who? Yeah, Wolfie. You never heard of him anyway. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm saying this, and I've always said this, AWA fed the golden era as much as Memphis fed the attitude era, you know? So, mm, yeah, I mean, it's a good analogy. A lot, of, a lot of guys came through AWA that really brought the golden era of wrestling out, you know? So, of course, Sterling Golden, I think he did something too, didn't he? Thunder Lips? What was his name? Yeah. Olea? Uh, yeah, some t- Terry, Terry, Terry. Terry, Jerry, Terry. I've heard of something like him before. Yeah, something like that. Jerry Bolea, I think, is who it is. Yeah, Jerry Bolea. That definitely, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Well, <laughs> definitely not Terry. No. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever Have you ever thought about you know doing something like you know because I think it would be funny if we made a T shirt. So G M B M P W and then A F. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because we are give me back my pro wrestling AF. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. I do have a Thunderlips uh, figure, though. The, yeah, yeah. The Rimco-esque. It's not Rimco, but the Rimco-esque. Well, it was it was made by Universal Studios, but we, we didn't ask Steve that. It was one. We wanted to, but we kind of just kind of. It was just, you know. Steve, we marked we marked out a little bit talking to Steve. We so. did, but it's okay. You know, I, I, yeah. I do that regularly, so. <laughs> why not do it for Steve as well? But, you know, I, I do see there's some other action figure stuff. I think, you know, there was some stuff coming out that there's more, you know, like the heart foundation and Nikolai Volkov, those more red. Those, I just got those in the mail the other day. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Got the, got the series two, uh, of the Mattel creations retros, the yeah. Hasbro esque, yeah. style bodies and everything like that. They had the Hart Foundation, uh, Jimmy Hart and Nikolai Volkov. It's kind of, uh, I'm, I'm appreciative of it, but it, it's kind of an odd pairing to have like the Hart Foundation with Jimmy Hart and then Nikolai Volkov. I don't yeah. see, I don't get where it comes from exactly. I know they're, they were all in that, uh, that era in, in the eighties and early nineties with WWF, but, I don't get I don't get Nikolai Volkov in it, although I'm very but I'm very appreciative to have a Nikolai Volkov. Um truly, from what I've heard, one of the nice guys uh in pro wrestling that probably really never got his full due, but uh, right. just a super nice guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's one guy and, and then Ivan Koloff also was one of the nicest guys that I have ever met. Really, really sweet man. And just a nice man. I, I saw Ivan selling gospel tapes in a Walmart one time, and 
Monroe, North Carolina. His daughter's gospel tapes, you know. Yeah. So, and I fun? and I and I kick myself to this day that I didn't stop and talk to him. Oh, I I mean he he's a great man. You should have honestly. I know. You should have. You know, one thing that's funny is talking about tapes. Do you remember? Uh, the Tim Horner version of Shameless. <laughs> I'm shameless. <laughs> when it comes to loving you, I'll do anything you want me to. I'll do anything at all. I'm ashamed. It's a really deadpan, but anyway. It's a, ooh. I mean, luckily I sound worse than Tim Horner did singing it, but. Yeah, yeah, we won't we won't do that. Nor will we play the sh- the version. But <laughs> at the maybe just time. a snip. No, just kidding. Yeah, why not? Just a little. Here it is. But anyway, do you have anything else to talk about action figure wise? Uh, not right now. That pretty much covers it with the Mattel creations, the retros and the power town. I'm, I'm just so stoked with the power town. You know, I feel like we're a little part of that family and I'm, I'm uh, we're like the redneck cousins or something like that. Yeah, we are. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm fine yeah. with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hey, you know, we're there somewhere and that's all that matters, right? Yeah. That, that's all that matters. Yeah. Well, we'll figure that one out. But anyway, I hope y'all enjoyed Cousin Condry. Yeah, it was an awesome interview with Cousin Condry. You did a great job with that interview. And like I said, remember, you heard it here first with Cousin Condry. Absolutely. Once again, GMBMPW, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and rate and review. Thanks for listening to Cousin Condry. We'll see you guys next time. Don't forget, fight forever. With a tear in my eye. This is the greatest moment in my life. This has been a James Rock Street production.